Good morning, church. Oh, how blessed we are to be able to assemble again to worship our God in spirit and in truth. What a blessing. What a blessing it is to be here today. Let's go to God in prayer, please. Heavenly Father, thank you for this blessed occasion and opportunity that you've given us to worship you. To know, Lord God, that you respond to our worship and that you accept our worship. For that we are eternally grateful. Help us never to forget Jesus, your great son, in whom you sent to die on that cruel, cruel cross of Calvary. Lord God, that it's through his blood that we are saved. Help us this morning as we worship you to keep our minds focused on, on you and on your word and on your will and your way. And bless us, Lord God, to rid our minds of all worldly thought. These things we ask and pray in that wonderful name of Jesus Christ to be thy will. Amen. Welcome both members and visitors alike. We are um, continuing looking at the book of Malachi. And this morning we're looking to find an answer to a question we find in the book of Malachi. In fact, there are about seven questions that we're going to look at, maybe even eight. This morning's question asked of God is, God, how have you really loved us? How hast thou loved us? The Jews have returned from Babylonian captivity um, through Cyrus. They've been over in their place now for about 100 years, and it's about 495 B.C. They had high expectations for God. They believed that they were to be blessed by God, though they have grown to be indifferent. They believed that though they were in conflict with the Lord, that God should, you know, do amazing things for them. They were going through the motion of worship and religion. And they said, God, you, you just need to accept us as we are. There was no real connection with God. And they were corrupt. And they argued against God. So what God does is God uses Malachi, his prophet, to repeat the questions that they have been asking of God. What if God did that today? What if God repeated the questions that we have asked of him? Then he reveals the answer to the questions. And what we're witnessing is we're witnessing a people who are full of doubt and discouragement and a people who are full of sin. Malachi reveals the message of God as his name is declared the messenger. Like the Jews, the question this morning I want you to think about. Do we have complaints against God? And then as you think about that, I want you to listen to the answer that God gives to the Jews. And then the second question I want you to think about is, have I been questioning God? And have I even asked that very same question, how hast thou loved me? Malachi chapter 1, beginning at verse 1. The oracle of the word of the Lord to Israel through Malachi. I have loved you, says the Lord. 
But you say, How hast thou loved us? Was not Esau Jacob's brother, declares the Lord? Yet I have loved Jacob. And they question God about his perspective, right? God's perspectives. And they showed this disconnect between their perspective and God's perspective. And when God tells Israel he loves them, they respond to him with skepticism. And then God gives this answer that, what kind of answer is that? I've loved Jacob. I'll come back to that in a moment. Listen to the second part of the answer in verse 3. But I've hated Esau. That word means to love less, right? And I have made his mountains a desolation and appointed his inheritance for jackals of the wilderness. I chose you, Jacob, instead of Esau. Here's God's point. You don't deserve my love. I'm going to show you that. In just a moment. Here's why. Here's why God says what he says. Look at your actions, Israel. Look at your actions. Number one, you're doubting God's love. And accusing God of wrongdoing. That's all in chapter 1. In chapter 1, they were dishonoring Jehovah's sacrifices. In chapter 2, they were profaning Elohim's covenant. In chapter 2, they said, we're tired of the Lord's presence. We're just tired of the Lord's presence. We're tired of the Lord's justice. In chapter 3, they were robbing God's storehouses. In chapter 3, they were testing God's patience. And they were accusing God of not loving them. And God gives his answer and he says again in verse 2, I have loved you, says the Lord, but you say, how hast thou loved us? Was not Esau Jacob's brother, declares the Lord, yet I have loved Jacob. What kind of answer is that, God? Do you know who Jacob is? God says, in essence, I have loved, I chose you. Jacob represents you. I loved the liar, deceiver, manipulator, and schemer who shows partiality. Jacob, you. I have loved you, though you have not loved me. And I want you to look just for a moment, Jeremiah chapter 2, at a description and a reminder of Israel's evil. Here's what Israel, here's what Judah has done against God. And God says, Jacob, speaking of Israel, speaking of Judah, I love you. Maybe the question isn't, God, how have you loved us? It should probably be, God, why have you loved us? Listen to the history of God's people. Jeremiah 2, beginning of verse 4. Hear the word of the Lord, O house of Jacob, and all the families of the house of Israel. Thus says the Lord, What injustice did your fathers find in me? 
that they went far from me and walked after emptiness and became empty. And they did not say, where is the Lord who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, who led us through the wilderness, through a land of deserts and of pits, through a land of drought and of deep darkness, through a land that no one crossed and where no man dwelt. And I brought you into the fruitful land to eat its fruit and its things, its good things. But you came and defiled my land and my inheritance you made an abomination. And yet, I've loved you. Second Kings chapter, chapter 17. Look at your history, Israel. When you start asking God, God, how have you proved your love for me? Look at your history. Church, look at your history. When we start questioning God and saying, God, how have you loved us? Look at your history. We have to ask ourselves about our own faithfulness to God. How many times have I chosen evil over God? How many times have I chosen this instead of God? How many times have I chosen that instead of God? Look at your history. When we start saying, God, where is your love for me? Look at your history. And then we can say, God, why in the world do you love me? For God so loved the world. And God loves me. In 2 Kings chapter 17, listen to their history, beginning at verse 17. Then they made their sons and their daughters pass through the fire, and practiced divination and enchantments, and sold themselves to do evil in the sight of the Lord, provoking Him. So the Lord was very angry with Israel, and removed them from His sight. None was left except the tribe of Judah. Also Judah did not keep the commandments of the Lord their God, but walked in the customs which Israel had introduced. And the Lord rejected all the descendants of Israel and afflicted them and gave them into the hand of plunderers until he had cast them out of his sight. Verse 34. To this day they do according to their earlier customs. They do not fear the Lord, nor do they follow their statutes or the inheritance or the ordinances of the law or the commandments which the Lord commanded the sons of Jacob, whom he named Israel, with whom the Lord made a covenant and commanded them, saying, You shall not fear other gods, nor bow down yourselves to them, nor serve them, nor sacrifice to them. But the Lord who brought you up from the land of Egypt with great power and with an outstretched arm, him you shall fear. And to him you shall bow yourselves down. And to him you shall sacrifice. And the statutes and the ordinances and the law and the commandment which he wrote for you, you shall observe to do forever. And you shall not fear other gods. And the covenant that I have made with you, you shall not forget, nor shall you fear other gods. But the Lord your God you shall fear. And he who delivered you from the hand of your enemies. However, they did not listen. But they did according to their earlier customs. So while these nations feared the Lord, 
They also fear their idols, their children likewise, and their grandchildren as their fathers did. So they do to this day. These are the people that are saying, God, how have you loved us? Judges, look at their earlier history. Judges uh, chapter chapter 2. The earlier history of Israel, of, of he, the Hebrews, of the Jews, in verse 11. Then the sons of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and served the Baals. And they forsook the Lord, the God of their fathers, who had brought them up out of the land of Egypt and followed other gods from among the gods of the peoples who were around them and bowed themselves down to them. Thus they provoked the Lord to anger. So they forsook the Lord and served Baal and the Asherah. And the anger of the Lord burned against Israel, and he gave them into the hand of plunderers and plundered them, and he sold them into the hand of their enemies around them so that they could no longer stand before their enemies. Wherever they went, the hand of the Lord was against them for evil as the Lord had spoken and as the Lord had sworn to them so that they were severely distressed. Then the Lord raised up judges who delivered them from the hands of those who plundered them. And yet they did not listen to their judges, for they played the harlot after other gods and bowed themselves down to them. They turned aside quickly from the way in which their fathers had walked in obeying the commandments of the Lord. They did not do as their fathers. And when the Lord raised up judges for them, the Lord was with the judge and delivered them from the hand of their enemies all the days of the judge. For the Lord was moved to pity by their groanings because of those who oppressed and afflicted them. But it came about when the judge died that they would turn back and act more corruptly than their fathers and following other gods to serve them and bow down to them. They did not abandon their practices or their stubborn Ways, So the anger of the Lord burned against Israel, and he said, Because this nation has transgressed my covenant, which I commanded their fathers, and has not listened to my voice. And he goes on to talk about what he's going to do. He would not drive out the enemy before them. And these are the people that kept saying to God, How have you loved us? And God is asking, Why do you keep going back to evil? Why do you continue to forsake us, God. You know, God's answer, Jeremiah, please, chapter 3. God's answer is this. I don't love you because you deserve it. I love you because I'm God. I don't love you because you deserve it. I love you because it is my nature to love. For I am God. Do we ask the same question today? God, how have you loved me? Jeremiah chapter 3, beginning at verse 6. I just want you to get the history. And the Lord said to me in the days of Josiah the king, Have you seen what faithless Israel did? She went up on every high hill and under every green tree, and she was a harlot there. And I thought... <laughs> Interesting that God would say that, and I thought, <laughs> right? 
And I thought, after she had done all these things, she would return to me. But she did not return. And her treacherous sister Judah saw it. And I saw that for all the adulteries of the faithless Israel, I had sent her away and given her a writ of divorce. Yet her treacherous sister Judah did not fear, but she went and was a harlot too. And it came about because of the lightness of her harlotry that she plotted, oh, polluted, excuse me, land and committed adultery with stones and trees. And yet in spite of all this, her treacherous sister Judah did not return to me with all her heart, but rather in deception declares the Lord. I thought that if, if I did all these good things to them, that they would... God says, I thought. Psalm 78. And here's the problem. Here's part of the problem with Israel. Part of the problem with Israel was their memory. They'd forgotten. You know how we pray for, to God for something? And then God blesses us and answers the prayer. And then we skip along later on like God never did anything. Some of us take credit ourselves for the greatness of what we've done. Right? And we forget. We forget what God has done for us. And God said, don't forget what I've done for you. Don't forget who I am. Psalm 78, verse 5. For he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel which he commanded our fathers, that they should teach them to their children. So that generation to come might know even the children yet be born, that they may arise and tell them to their children, that they should put their confidence in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments and not be like their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation a generation that did not prepare its heart and whose spirit was not faithful to God. The sons of Ephraim with archers equipped with bows, yet they turned back in the day of battle. They did not keep the covenant of God and refused to walk in his law, and they forgot his deeds and his miracles that he had shown them. He wrought wonders before their fathers in the land of Egypt, and in the field of Zoan. Wonders in there. So God has done all of this stuff, right? Now turn back to Hosea now. Over and over and over and over, he forgave them, he blessed them, he kept them, he strengthened them, he protected them, he loved them. And they asked the question of God in verse 2, how have you loved us? What a question. Hosea 1 verse 2. I've loved you. Church. That's what God is saying. I've loved you. Can you love me back? I get a little bit of faithfulness from you. Church, can you not be like Jacob? Can you not be like Israel? 
Will you be different? I've loved you, says the Lord. But you say, how hast thou loved us? Was not Esau Jacob's brother, declares the Lord, and yet, yet I, I've loved you. I chose you. And I look at my life and I, and I recognize, please turn to Hosea. I recognize, okay, God, I, I know I, I've found myself living in sin and doing things that were contrary to your will. And God, help me to love you back the way that you love me. How many of us want to love God back the way God has loved us? And not be like Israel. He used Hosea, the prophet, to bring a message to show them just what kind of love they were giving him back. In Hosea 1 and verse 2, when the Lord first spoke through Hosea, the Lord said to Hosea, go take to yourself a wife of harlotry and have children of harlotry, for the land commits flagrant harlotry, forsaking the Lord. God says, I've loved even a harlot. I've loved you. Chapter 3, verse 1. Then the Lord said to me, Go again, love a woman who is loved by her husband, yet an adulteress, even as the Lord loves the sons of Israel, though they turn to other gods and love raisin cakes. That's idolatry. Yet I loved, I loved you, Israel. I love you, Jacob. Chapter 11, beginning at verse 1. When Israel was a youth, I, I loved him. And out of Egypt I called my son. The more they called them, the more they went from them. They kept sacrificing to the Baals and burning incense to idols. Yet it is I who taught Ephraim to walk. I, I took them in my arms, but they did not know that I healed them. I led them with cords of man, with bonds of love. And I became to them as one who lifts the yoke from their jaws. And I bent down and, and fed them. I loved them. First John. You're kind of getting, you're kind of getting the gist that today, church, I think, based on the scriptures, as God has declared his love for us, that we are still breaking God's heart. Because God thought that by giving us all that we have, our nice homes, our shelter, our vehicles, a little bit of money in our pockets, a little bit of this and a little bit of that, that we would love him back. But instead, no, we start loving our things. And we start loving our jobs. And we start loving things that take us away from him. And God says, I thought the church, after knowing that Jesus came and died a cruel death, that you would love, that we would love him back the way that he loves us. 
But I think, church, we're breaking God's heart. 1 John chapter 4 and verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another. And we are breaking God's heart again. We can't even love each other. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God, for God is love. God, why do you love us? Not because we deserve it, because it's in his nature to love us. For God is love. By this, the love of God was manifested in us that God has sent His only begotten Son into the world so that we might live through Him. And this is love. Not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be a propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. And you say, preacher, show an image of our love for God. Just watch the news and look at how we treat each other. It's a really sad picture. The picture was sad before Christ came and died. And unfortunately, sadly enough, church, it's still sad today. Because we haven't figured this part out yet. The simplest part of relationship with the Lord. Love. To love God back. And we demonstrate that through our faithfulness and our love for one another. Brother, Brother James came to me yesterday when our, our cultural potluck. By the way, thank you. That was wonderful. We were all sitting together. All of us were different. So excited. It was great to be together, right? But what was more exciting than us being together? As you heard all the, the, the footsteps of the children. And they were all running around and playing together. And they were all laughing and having a wonderful time. And Brother James looked at that and said, You know, we grow up. And we lose that. Right? They love each other. They don't even care about stuff. They just want to play and have fun. And we grow up and we get these minds that say, you know, I'm going to hate people I don't know. <laughs> we get up and we get these minds that say, I can't get along with my brethren. We grow up and we get this mind and we say, God, I don't think I'm going to love you back the way that you love me. I'm too full of myself. God, why do you love us? Not because you deserve it, church. Not because we deserve it. But because it's God's nature to love. And in verse 19, it goes on to say, We love because he loved us. Did I miss something? I did, didn't I? Because he first loved. I'm, I'm wrapping this up. And I know you're saying, yeah. Ephesians 2. Look at our history. 
look at just look at look at the preacher's history against God. It's easier to point the finger at someone else. Let's point the finger at me. And then if you fit, you know, if your shoes are the same size as mine, go ahead and step inside of them. Listen to what Ephesians 2 says about the preacher. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins. Verse 1. In which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. Among them we too all formerly lived in the lust of our flesh, indulging in the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, even as the rest. And then the preacher says, but God, how do you love me? And God said, it has nothing to do with you, preacher. Verse 4. But God, being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses or transgressions, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. God extended his hand of grace to you and to me. How much do I appreciate that? Verse 6 goes on to say, And he raised us up with him, and has seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, in order that in the ages to come he might show the surpassing riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God not as a result of works that no one should boast, but we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. God, how, how have you loved me? I have some complaints for you, Lord. Because quite honestly, I don't want to love you back the way you love me. Can't I just give you a little bit of me? Just a little bit? And won't you just accept that, Lord? And then God says, I thought... That after coming and dying for you, you just love me back. And you'd want to love me back the way that I love you. But here's what God says in conclusion Romans chapter 8. Because God knows us, and by the way, God's love for us doesn't mean He won't condemn us for evil. But because God loves us, God has to separate himself from us to allow his nature to be what it is. To love us in spite of who we are or what we have done against him. The question this morning is, how much do you really love How much 
Does God really love us? So I'm going to give you God's answer to you and to me. But you have to give God's answer for yourself, for you, to Him. Verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or pearl or sword, just as it is written, for thy sake we're being put to death all day long. We were considered a sheep to be slaughtered. But in all these things, we overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. How much do you love God? This morning, the lesson is yours. If you're not a Christian, we encourage you to come to God. God loves you. Surrender to Him in the waters of baptism. Allow Him to wash your sins away. The blood that Danny spoke of, that blood of Jesus, will meet you at the water. If you're a child of God and you're struggling in your faith, we can pray with you and pray for you. If there's anything we can do, please make it known while together we stand and sing our song of invitation.